Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. On this podcast, I help you learn how to feel healthy, look good, and plan a life you actually like in the midst of all the everyday chaos. I'm so glad you're here. And today, we are doing a deep dive into ways we can actually help our kids be organized and prepare for school and learn study skills and learn to use their planners and all of that kind of thing. Because I talk a lot about how we can be preparing for back to school. In fact, if you haven't signed up yet, then you're going to want to because tomorrow I am hosting a back to school webinar. It's completely free and we are going to go through all of those steps of what you need to do to get yourself and your family ready for back to school. You can go to mckenziecoppa.com slash back to school webinar. It's at 10 o'clock tomorrow, Pacific Daylight Time. That's this Thursday, July 20th. I would love to see you there. It's going to be a really good time. I'm going to answer your questions. So be sure to be there. There will also be a replay available. So hop on over there. The link is in your show notes. But since we do all of that preparation for ourselves, I realize, especially from talking to a few moms, that this is a gap that we really need to talk about. We need to talk about how to be helping our kids in the way of getting their own stuff together. So that is what today's episode is going to completely revolve around. But before we get there, I have one more request for you. And that is that I have an upcoming episode of the podcast that is going to be coming out that is all about podcasting. So we are about to head into season nine of the podcast, which just doesn't even feel possible. But I get a lot of questions about different things about podcasting, how it works, how to get started. And I'm actually developing a mini course that is going to be coming out next month, along with a podcast episode where I want to answer some of your questions. So I would love for you to tell me what it is you want to know about podcasting. You can slide into my DMs over on Instagram You can reply to the latest newsletter or any of my newsletters that I send out. You can even shout out to me on threads. I would love to see you over there. Just please let me know if you are interested in podcasting and how to make it work and how to get it started and all that kind of thing. I would love to know what it is you want to know about that entire process. I think it's going to be really fun as we dive in here with ladies next month and really kind of get in there and figure out how to make it work for you if it's something that you are interested in doing. So reach out to me. Don't be scared. Find me at Mackenzie Coppa in all of the places. I would love to chat with you. All right. Without further ado, let's get into this episode where we are going to help our kids get organized for the new school year because, you know, like I'm really good at getting all the stuff together for myself. I've got my calendar locked in. I've got all of our stuff prepped, our meals planned, you know, all the things. But then the children are sometimes not so on board. So let's talk about that. And also at the end of this episode, we are going to dive into some study skills that were super beneficial to me when I was growing up. And I have been teaching my kids and I feel like they have been really effective and helpful as well. So let's just dive right in here. Okay, so where do we start with our kids and this whole organization thing and back to school? Well, I'm going to propose that we start like easy entry, that we ease them on into it. And so we start with the physical stuff, like having their backpacks and their lockers be organized. Now, granted, you're probably not going to know what is happening with the locker situation. You're probably not going to end up being in there. But setting them up with tools to make their locker more organized and walking them through that, having little things like magnets that they can have. So it's actually like 
also kind of fun and exciting. I know my girls have both requested that they have mirrors in their lockers because even my elementary schooler has a locker. That was never a thing when I was young, but it is definitely a thing for a lot of kids now. So they both have lockers. They both want mirrors. We're going to get shelves to put in their lockers as well as maybe like a couple little hooks. Or my older daughter may have like a dry erase board in her locker because she's actually in middle school. So she might be able to utilize that little more. Just having those little things to make it feel like theirs. I think when you can give them ownership over something, it helps them sometimes to be a little bit more organized with it. So giving them the tools to do that. And also walking through their backpacks and their binders and all of that when you're getting the year started. I know that I personally have a tendency to do this, so I think probably other parents do as well, is to just like get everything set up for them. And I think that when they're little, there's, you know, something to that. But as they're getting a little bit older, you know, my girls are going into third and sixth grade this year, and they're specifically the ones I'm really focusing on with this whole like backpack organizing situation. My boys, they've, you know, they've got that handled. But these girls, I am walking through the process of getting all of their stuff set up with them. They're both getting new backpacks this year. And so I want to say like, okay, where do these things that you are going to be carrying in your backpack and keeping in your backpack and that sort of thing, where does it make sense to you to have them in your backpack? Or like my daughter with her big ridiculous binder, (laughs) where does it make sense to you to have this? And then if she picks a kind of wonky place, you know, I can be like, well, what about this? What do you think about, you know, putting these things here and organizing these things in this way? I think that we have to kind of lead the charge, but also give them ownership over it. So we got to collaborate with them on getting their things organized. And then helping them stay organized throughout the year. It can be so tempting to get it all set up and then kind of forget about it. And I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else. But doing a check-in, you know, like once a week or so, seeing if my daughter's binder is still organized. Oh, you've got these loose papers over here. Where can we put these? Like having those kind of check-ins to help them stay on track. And so it doesn't get to a place where you're like, you're missing five assignments. And what are all of these random papers? And oh my gosh, you were supposed to turn that thing in three weeks ago. You know, if we can kind of help them stay on top of it and learn how to do this for themselves, then as they get into the older grades, they are able to stay on top of things better. So I want to suggest that we do that. Like with the younger grades, we kind of have to deal with the papers every day. I know my daughter, they have a folder from her school that comes home and it's like papers that need to stay at home, papers that need to go back to school. And even though there's a plethora of emails these days, it feels like there's always papers kind of floating around. So I'm forced to have to kind of be in her backpack on a daily basis. But as they get older, you kind of start slacking on it a little bit more. So while they are still sort of willing (laughs) to let you, like my sixth grader, you got to kind of get in there and help them to stay on top of it. But before we jump into planners, which is one of my favorite things to talk about, let's talk for a minute about ourselves. (laughs) Let's talk about some clothing options for this summer because I always get so excited to kind of like shift my clothing into a new season. And then I realize that I really am still wearing a lot of pieces (laughs) that I wore in the winter because I'm in air conditioning now and I still need long sleeves. Or I start breaking out my summer clothes and I'm like, oh, I really don't have as much stuff as I thought I 
I did. You know, so some of that excitement over what I have available to me in my wardrobe dies down when I realize there's not a lot. (laughs) But I am excited to talk to you about a brand that allows me to have pieces that not only carry over from season to season really nicely, but they're the kind of pieces that I'm excited to break back out in my wardrobe each new season when they are things that are just season specific. And that is the brand Jenny Kane. You guys, I have been wearing her stuff now for, I don't know, about six months, and I am in love. I love so many things about this brand. I love that the pieces are all really classic and timeless. So there's stuff that I am going to be wearing for years and years and years to come. They're so not niched into a specific trend. They just are pieces that are going to be super versatile and work for a really long time. And they can work for a really long time because they are such high quality pieces. I love getting my hands on something that isn't just going to like pill all up when it's a sweater or get all, you know, nasty really quickly and you have to basically throw it away. That is not the case with Jenny Kane. These pieces are just such amazing staples to have in your closet and she has such a great summer line right now. So she's got everything from flowy dresses and lightweight cotton cardigans to elevated versions of all your everyday basics, not to mention the most incredible home essentials too. Jenny Kane is here to help you live your best summer yet. And a lot of that is just because their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. You can think minimalist and effortless, but also totally refined. I have a couple of her sweaters. I have a fisherman sweater and the everyday sweater. And I totally get these out all the time, even in the middle of summer still, and throw them on when I'm wearing like my shorts, but I'm freezing inside. I will throw one of those on or in the evenings and they work well with just kind of everything. I absolutely love these pieces. They work great for the beach or to throw on in the evening at an outdoor wedding or really just being at home like me. (laughs) These are such versatile, amazing pieces. Jenny Kane is really known for her super luxe cashmere sweaters, but also her summer cotton is better than anyone else. You just really can't go wrong with anything from Jenny Kane. So find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com. My listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code LIVEWELL15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com slash livewell15 or use the promo code livewell15. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about with Jenny Kane. Okay, now let's talk about planners. Now, I know there's kind of two ends of the spectrum as far as planners go with our kids. There are those kids, typically the girls, only some of the girls, because I also have girls who don't do it. (laughs) But typically, there are kids who just really are into keeping track of all of the things, writing all the things down, and utilizing their planner really well. And then there's the other side of the spectrum for kids who you like have to pull their teeth to get them to write things down in a planner. But I want to try to help us help them to use planners and use them better this year so they can keep track of their assignments, so they can stay on top of their work, so they can feel confident about knowing what's going on. I just think there are so many advantages to using a planner and learning to use it well. So 
let's start out with just the basics of what planners your kids can even use. So we've got both physical and digital planners. Obviously, digital is probably going to be more geared towards the older grades, maybe late middle school or into high school who have access to a smartphone and can utilize those digital planners a little bit easier. But definitely physical planners can be used at any stage of the game. And they're a really great way to start because it's very physical. You have to use your hand to write the things down. And there is that brain hand connection that helps you to remember things better. So I do think that there are some serious advantages to using a physical planner, especially as students. But if we're being realistic, a lot of those high schoolers, especially the guys, are not going to use a physical planner or not use it very well. So we will get to that in a second. But let's talk about what you should be looking for in a physical planner. If you're going to get them a planner, then you want to get one that they are actually going to use. So you're going to want to look for something that is aesthetic. I mean, honestly, Something that is more visually appealing and really functional is going to be something that your kids are going to want to use over maybe the planner that they get from their school or something like that. So I would really highly suggest that you kind of include them in the process. You get them involved in looking for student planners. Now, there is a difference between academic and student planners. So a student planner is actually made for a student, especially a younger student. So it is divided into sections to a allow them to write in all of their different subjects and be able to carry those out throughout the week. An academic planner is actually just based on when the start date of the planner is. Generally, it isn't actually particularly geared toward students. It's just that it begins in August or September of the year instead of in January. And that is when the start date of the whole calendar is. So that's something to be aware of because you may think that you're buying a student planner when actually you're just buying a planner that starts at the beginning of the school year but isn't geared toward a student. Now, for older kids, that may not matter. Like, there is a great planner by Passion Planner that is on the academic calendar year, but it's really not a student planner. It's more geared like in a time. It has all the times of the day in the weekly format, which you can still utilize for sure as a student, but I think it's easier to utilize that if you are an older student. So maybe later high school or into college to be able to use those kinds of things. It's much simpler for a younger student to actually have that student layout where they can write in their sub Objects so that they can keep track of things a little bit more easily without having to customize it to their day and their week and you know all of that kind of thing. It's just more simply laid out for them. So go to Hobby Lobby, go to Joanne Fabrics, go to sometimes even Walmart, a little bit at Target, and look through the planners. You might need to go to a couple different stores to see what you can find that your student is actually going to use. And the nice thing about going to places like Joanne or Hobby Lobby or even Michael's is that they have a lot of different colorways and designs and things like that where you might be able to find something that your student actually likes. Now, a lot of these are more geared towards the girls 
I will just be honest with you. The guys, they're kind of like, you know, (laughs) they kind of like write them off (laughs) on the whole planner situation. But if you can go to probably someplace more like Walmart or Target, you might be able to find something that is a little bit more neutral or less flowery so that they can find something that they might actually use or they might be more prone to use whatever planner their school gives them if their school gives them a planner. You know how that goes. So that's kind of what you should do. But I would say like take the planner quest seriously (laughs) with your kids because this is such a great tool for them to be able to stay on top of their work, to learn that responsibility, and to learn these skills that are going to carry them throughout their life. I will also say, if you have a little bit older student, then something else that you could consider doing with them if they're not interested in the traditional planner is to teach them how to do bullet journaling. So there's a ton of videos online for them to be able to do this. They can make it as simple or as complex as they want to, but I think teaching that skill of bullet journaling can actually be very beneficial and then learning how to organize their time and their task lists and their days. And then you can just get something really simple like a lectern. Um, I will put a list of a couple of different really great bullet journal journal books that you can find on Amazon that are high quality that are going to last. Another great one that's kind of fun and also has a ton of videos online is a Hobo Nietzsche. I believe that the cousin is the version that has the weekly layout. Don't quote me on that. I will have the correct one in the show notes so you can find all of that. But it has this like really great paper. It's called Tomeo River Paper. And it is sort of like this like almost rice paper feel to it. It's very thin, but it can hold up to all kinds of different pens. And there's like a very aesthetic like quality to it that a lot of people love. They love the sound of the pages turning and the way that the paper feels. It's very smooth and it can even hold up to like watercolors and all kinds of things like that. So there's some fun things like that. If you have that kind of kid that wants to like take it to the next level and decorate their journal and their planner and like really get into it, then let them like let them get as involved in this process as it takes for them to want to do it. Not all kids are going to want to do that, but some of them, if you hand them, you know, a thing of washi tape and some great highlighters, they are going to really dive in and make the most of the planner process. I know I was that kid. For goodness sakes, they would give me the school planner and I would literally like take it apart and make my own cover and put on my own binding and like do all all of this stuff to make it mine. And I used that thing. So encourage your kids to make it theirs as much as possible because then they are more likely to dig in and really use it. Now let's talk about those older kids for a second that may not be interested in a planner or that's just not their jive, but you still want them to learn these skills of planning, then maybe a digital planner will be better for them. And it also doesn't have to be something complex or complicated. I have a couple of different suggestions for what you can use for digital planning to make things simple. First and foremost, this one's super easy, is Google Calendar. Now, I have calendars in my account for all of my kids. So they're all color-coded. I put all of their individual appointments and after-school activities and everything in their color and on their calendar, which also makes it really easy for me to be able to share their calendars with them as they get older. I can share my calendars with my high schoolers, and they can access those on their phone and see what's going on and where they need to 
be. And it's also a great place for like my oldest son. He can put in his work schedule and then we can both see his work schedule or when he is supposed to be playing drums at youth group and he is going to be leaving earlier that night to be going and doing that. It's an easy way for us to be able to communicate about his time. So that's just a really simple way to kind of kill two birds with one stone because I'm already putting those things in our calendar and then he doesn't have to go and put them in a calendar as well. We just share that calendar. There's a lot of crossover and it makes it really simple. And they can even use Google Calendar for their homework and their assignments. They just add those things in as tasks. They pop in at the top of the calendar and then I can even see what their homework is on my calendar. We can kind of keep on top of things together and it's a simple way for them to be able to just add a task to a certain day without having a whole other app or something else that they have to deal with. It's pretty straightforward. They just have to put it in there on Google Calendar as a task, and then we can both kind of keep track of what they're getting done and what they're not getting done. Another great place to do digital planning that is a little bit different from Google Calendar, but I also feel like is really effective, and this probably won't come as a surprise to any of you because I love this platform, but it is Trello. So you can create a really simple template. In fact, I've already done it for you, where you can have your student keep track of all of their assignments. So I have actually created two different student templates, one that is for a week and one is for a month. So you can go in there and just look and figure out what is going to work best for you. You can go to mckenziecoppa.com slash Trello student planners. And that is where you will be able to get the link to both of those different templates that you can look at and see what is going to work best for your student. So I'm hoping to actually do a video really soon about how you can use each of these different templates because there are subtle differences. But I think the weekly template, it's a little bit easier to just see things at a glance. And I will be doing that video to show you like how to set it up completely for your student or have your student set it up completely for themselves. But you can just look at that one isolated week and see everything together. The monthly template, on the other hand, is kind of nice because it has the ability to utilize checklists and on each day of each week, you can see in this planner template, you can see exactly what percentage of work got checked off, which is also a nice thing if you are sharing the template between you and your child, you can see how much they're doing and how much they're not and what you need to communicate more on. So I think that Trello can be another great platform to be able to use to easily be able to input those things. They have a really great and simple app that your kid can have on their phone, have these boards available, you copy the template, and then you just copy a new template either for every week or for every month once you have it set up the way that you want it, which I will go over all of that in the video. But it is really easy to just have in their app. They can open up their app in class. Hopefully their teacher is all okay with that. Of course, you want to make sure that the teacher is okay with that. But I'm willing to bet that if a teacher knew your kid was keeping track of their assignments and their homework, they would let them they would go ahead and let them. So just have them go over it and make sure, you know, maybe they do it right at the end of class or right at the beginning of class or something like that. But I think it's a really good idea to be able to utilize these platforms that your kids will actually use. And again, if you are collaborating with them on it, then it makes it a little bit more likely that they are going to stay on top of it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But one last idea that I have, if your kid just like refuses to use a planner, and there are a lot of kids who do, 
I would say if they have a phone and they okay it with their teacher, at the very least, just have them take a picture of the board. Have them take a picture of the board where the teacher has written the assignment or you know wherever they can just like take a picture of what it is. Have them take a picture of their friend's planner and what they have to get done as long as they have the information <laughs> so that they know when they get home from school what it is they actually have to do. And this is sometimes something you have to kind of push with them because they will think they know. They will think they remember, but guess what? All of our brains are limited and all of us forget things. And it's so much easier. We talk about this all the time for us. When we offload our brains into a brain dump and we're not trying to keep all that information all the time in our brains, it allows our brains more space, more room, more energy to be able to devote to other things. It's the same with our students. When they are trying to hold on of all of the miscellaneous information that they really don't need to because they could just write it down in a planner, it gives their brain more space to do the actual learning. So this is a process. We do actually have to teach them how to use planning and a planner effectively. It doesn't just come naturally. It's something that we have to sit down with them. We have to work through with them. We have to be staying on top of, especially at the beginning of the year, as they're maybe like getting used to these practices again. They've had their summer where they haven't had to do any of that. But now it's time to sit down with them get into it, do a lot of the same processes with them as you are doing with your own planner. So especially if they have a physical planner, if you're not sharing a calendar between the two of you, I would say sit down with them and their planner this summer and get out all the calendars of their activities that they have coming up and any appointments that they have. Get in there with them in their planner. Have them add those things to their planner. They need to realize what a tool they have in their hands to make their life easier. It's a place they can go to to get questions answered. And when you actually have the information put in the planner, then it's there for them to get the answers. So it takes sitting down with them, help them input those dates, those reoccurring activities, make it a resource that they will want to come back to, that they will want to utilize day in and day out. And then I would say, you know, a simple way to get them staying on top of it is as you wink, wink. I'm sure you do this, right? Right, right. Elbow, elbow, nudge, nudge. As you sit down with your planner every weekend, every Sunday, and look at the week ahead, do the same thing with your student. Have them get it out on a Sunday. It only takes a couple of minutes where you just sit down together and you look at what is happening this week. Do you have any big projects that are coming up that you need to get on top of? What activities do you have this week? what things are going on in your life. Help them to get into the habit of looking ahead at what is coming and learning to utilize a planner in a way that helps them to not get caught off guard or miss things and stay on top of them. I think that is a really helpful practice and routine to get into with them so that they start utilizing it on their own and making more of a thing of it. Now, I want to also suggest that we kind of gamify this. Now, this is kind of a, like a buzzword that I've been hearing a lot lately, but if we can motivate our students through the process of gamification of something, then they are more likely to continue with it. It is the same idea as when, you know, they were 
doing chores and we would put stickers on a chart or you would give them M&Ms for potty training or, you know, like it's the same idea. You can even equate it to the gaming that they do online. You do certain things to earn certain points, which helps you achieve different levels, and then you get rewarded. You get on to the next level. That is exciting. That is a good thing. As an adult, this totally happens with the Kindle challenge. For me, that is basically like the gamification of reading. I get rewards. I get these silly little digital bookmarks when I achieve certain things in this challenge. Like play up to their natural competitive nature and help them to want to do this because they're going to get rewarded for doing it. So just in the terms of the planner itself, I would say, you know, like help them want to achieve a streak. Maybe if they achieve a streak of writing down all of their assignments in their planner for a week or two weeks or whatever you decide it is, they get, you know, a special ice cream sundae or they get to go see a movie or, you know, like come up with something. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate and it doesn't have to be anything expensive, but something motivating that if they maintain this streak, then they will get some sort of reward, that they are leveling up, that they are achieving something. Make it competitive. Make it competitive between siblings. Who can write their stuff down every day? Can you both get to that level or will somebody get to the level and somebody won't? You know, like do whatever you can to get them actually utilizing these resources. Gamify it. Now, I also think that we can gamify the turning in of homework. (laughs) Now, okay, this may be controversial because I know, especially you homeschoolers out there, and I get it, I get it. You don't want students to be a part of the system and learn how to play by the rules that the teachers and the schools are setting forth because that dampens their creativity and, you know, makes them not think outside the box because they're just doing what they're told to do. And yeah, I, I, I get it. I see your point. But hear me out. Hear me out for a second. A lot of our kids are going to go forward in their lives and have to maintain jobs that are, you know, governed by someone other than their parents or themselves. Not everybody. A lot of people are going to work for themselves. We're in that kind of a culture, this gig economy. But that was one of the reasons that even though Roman has a lot of side gigs, I wanted him to get an actual job where he was going to have an actual boss who gave him actual things that he was going to have to do at that job that he couldn't choose to do. He had to do in order to get paid. That is a life skill. You play by the rules of your boss so that you get the money. (laughs) That's the way it works. It's the same thing with school. You play by the rules that they give you. You turn in the assignments that they ask you to turn in. You take the tests that they ask you to take and you get rewarded with grades. It's very simple. And most of the time, if you are turning in all of your assignments, it's not that hard to get a good grade. Now, yes, there is something to actually doing the assignments and doing them well and actually trying to get the right answers and that sort of thing. But if you're gamifying school for your kids, like do the work, you will have a higher grade automatically if you just turn in the work. You will get some sort of points that you wouldn't get if you didn't turn things in at all. So your goal here, student, 
is to try to get the points. And if you turn in most of your assignments, that's generally what most of your grade is based on, and you will probably have enough points to get a B or maybe even an A, no matter what you get on your test. But guess what? Bonus, if you actually turn in your work and you do your work, you're more likely to get the good grades on your test. So it's very simple. I was valedictorian in both middle school and in high school, and a lot of it came down to just doing my work, just turning in every single piece of work and turning it in on time. I still remember the one time that I didn't turn an assignment in on time. It was with Mrs. Northcutt in 10th grade world history, first period, homeroom, and I came in crying when I realized that I had not gotten a worksheet done because I prided myself on having all of my work always turned in. I maintained that reputation and I came into her and I was like, I am so sorry. I will have this to you by lunch. And she was like, girl, don't even worry about it. Like, I don't even care if you turn it in because you turn in all of your work and it's always on time. Like, don't worry about it. And I was like, thank you, but you will have it by lunch. We have to kind of inspire a little bit more of this sort of thing in our kids these days because I'm finding even with my children who I thought would be like that, they're not. They just kind of like, like, eh, whatever. It's, I don't know what it is about this generation, whether it's like an entitlement thing or, you know, whatever. We've got to teach our kids, no, it matters. Build your reputation, turn your stuff in on time, and if nothing else, then just play the game. Play the game for the points. You're going to get more points thus get a higher score, thus be at a higher level and get the reward of the grade if you just turn in the work. And you know how you can help yourself turn in the work? By keeping track of it in your planner. (laughs) So I don't know if you need to play this for your children, but I am telling you what, if they can just do that, it's going to make their school situation easier. It's going to take out a lot of the stress when they're able to stay on top of things. And I just can't recommend enough this whole idea of like play for the points. Just play for the points. Okay, we're going to take a quick break right now to talk about one of my very favorite sponsors, and that is AG1. You guys, I love AG1. In fact, I ran out for a little while and I so felt the effects of not having it that I've like obsessively been finding a way to get it again because it makes such a difference to my day, to the way I'm feeling, to my digestion. I really notice a big difference in my digestion because it contains so much in the way of prebiotics, probiotics, plant-based enzymes that help support digestion, everything around that. I really notice a big difference. And the other I mean, it's hard to narrow down like what all I feel like it affects, but I definitely noticed the difference in my focus and energy. It has rhodiola, magnesium, B vitamins that support that sustained energy that I can have all throughout the day without the jitteriness or the crash from caffeine. I really don't handle caffeine well. And so actually having my AG1 first thing in the morning has been this great way to get me up and going. Plus, like if I try to drink coffee, it messes with my voice acting and all of that. But that's not the case with my AG1. It's so like pure 
pure and clean. I can just down it really quickly before I head out into the studio in the morning. And it makes me feel energized and so focused. I'm able to get so much more work done, I feel like, when I have taken my AG1. It's just a game changer for me. I love the simplicity of it. I love that I get so much. I mean, it has over 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods all in one drink that I can really easily get down and take first thing in the morning. So it just fits well into my lifestyle and it makes me feel so much better. So I really can't recommend it enough. I think it makes a huge impact on our overall well-being. And so if you want to take ownership of your health, I highly suggest that you try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of their vitamin D K3 supplement and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. You just go to drinkag1.com slash livewell. That's drinkag1.com slash livewell to get your five free travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D and K2. Go check it out. Okay, for the last little part of today's podcast, I want to talk about study skills. So study skills is something that along with planners, I am very passionate about. I didn't even realize when I was in school, like how much I was doing that played a part in my study skills until I got to college. And then I actually got paid by the university for my notes because there were people in my classes who had like dyslexia or the inability to keep up with the notes. And the college would actually pay me to take notes in my classes and then give those other students copies of my notes. Well, most people that they were paying for that would just literally copy their handwritten notes, but not me. I would go back home, go to my dorm room, and retype all of my notes and color code them. And by doing that process that I had to go through to give them to this other student, I knew that information in and out. But I had actually started that back in high school. I rewrote pretty much all of my notes that I would take in class. And I know, I know that sounds like a lot of extra work, but let me tell you something. When you do that process, when you take your scribbled up notes and you convert them into something that you can actually read and look at, it makes such a difference. It's that hand to brain connection, again, that we kind of talked about earlier with the planner that helps cement that information. By doing that process, I rarely had to do much studying for tests and I would get really good grades. When I would go back over my notes, I'd be like, yeah, I think I know this information because I'd spent so much time with it and I'd reorganized it in a way that made sense to me. And so I want to suggest that you have your students try this. Maybe if they are feeling like a little like, I don't know about that, you know, have them try it for just a little while. Like say, do it for the first month of school and then we'll reassess and see if you like it or if you feel like it's made a difference or do it up until your first test and then let's talk about it. But let's commit to it for this first part of the school year and see if it makes a really big difference for you. So kind of like with the planners, you have to find the process that is going to work best for your particular student. So that can look a lot of different ways and require different materials. So some people, they like to like mind map and have the center topic of what it was that the lecture was talking about and then break it off into different pieces around that. And that is what makes sense to their brain. Other people 
like me, are a little bit more linear. I loved creating like an outline of my notes. So I would have bullet points. I would sometimes break things into even more bullet points than what my teacher talked about. I would underline things. I would utilize colors. Color coding is another huge one. Utilizing colors, whether that's in the form of colored pens that you use for your headings or highlighting things in different colors, but utilizing those colors is one more way to cement what you're doing with your notes into your brain. So doing the act of writing it down and then taking that extra step of color coding it and formatting it in a way that makes sense to your particular student's brain is going to help them master the information and be able to prepare for tests more easily and know the information better. Some subjects I even did columns, and so this was really helpful for things like science or math when you're either doing equations or there are diagrams, and then on the other column you can explain what is happening or give the directions or give definitions of things so that it relates to what is happening on the left side, but you have the writing and the explanations on the right side. There are so many different ways to do this. There are a lot of great examples online, even just on Instagram. If you look at hashtags for study skills or study notes. You can see all of these amazing examples. Get your student inspired. And obviously, the boys are probably going to look a little bit different with this. In fact, my son is dyslexic. So trying to get him to even write his notes in the first place is a very difficult thing for him. But actually having him go over his notes and talk about them and verbally reiterate what it was that he heard during the day, getting them to interact with the notes they took in class later in the day and go back over that information I think is such an effective skill. Now, obviously, it also helps if the student really likes the materials that they are using to rewrite their notes with. This looked a lot of different ways for me when I was in high school and college. Like I said, mostly in college, I was doing the typing, but I almost feel like it was more effective in high school when I was writing it out myself. So these are our very favorite types of pens that we use in our family. Friction erasable pens are awesome. A lot of times my kids will even use these in place of a pencil because they erase just as well as a pencil, but they write a little bit smoother and nicer. And so we absolutely love friction erasable pens. You just want to be careful that they don't end up in a high heat situation, like leaving things in a hot car or out in the sun, because the heat can actually make their um, ink go away as well. And then if they're going to be like rubbed up against, if they just throw their open notebook into their bag and it's going to rub up against a bunch of other things, then they could end up kind of actually erasing because the friction is what makes them erase. So that is something to be aware of when using friction pens, but generally those aren't a very big problem and we've had really good luck with them. They have both the capped erasable pens and also the click ones. We've loved them both. So can't recommend those ones enough. We also love Pentel Energel pens. These are my personal favorite pens to write with. They write super smooth. They are a gel, but they never have that like, I don't know, goopiness or where they like just smear everywhere. They are just beautiful, wonderful pens. I love them. If we were going to go with a felt tip, I really like the Papermate flares. They come in all kinds of different colors, which work great for color coding things. So those are awesome. And as far as highlighters go, 
We love the Mild Liners by Zebra. They come in all sorts of fun colors that aren't just like your normal highlighter colors. So they have like pastels and neutrals. They have like a gray highlighter and a cream highlighter and things like that that you wouldn't normally think of. So we absolutely love those. My girls use them. We've had great luck with them and they really kind of like make them be able to own their notes even more themselves because they can use like the colorways that they prefer and they like and what speaks to them and they can totally personalize it, which is the whole idea is giving them more ownership. We talked about this with their planner. Same thing with study skills. If you give them ownership over the material and making it look the way that is going to work for their brains and they can engage with, they are going to be more invested in the material. Now, I liked when I was in high school, a lot of the times I would use actually five by seven index cards to do my notes on. And I would just keep whatever unit that I was working on in my binder and then take those out when I was done. But I really liked just using those simple cards. They were nice to write on. And that's what I would do a lot of my note rewriting on. But from time to time, I also liked composition notebooks because I would do like my notes on either regular paper or in a spiral notebook. But then in the composition notebook, I could make it look a little bit more the way that I wanted to. My daughter has said she actually wants to do it the other way around. She would rather scribble in the composition notebook and then have a spiral bound notebook that she writes everything nicely and it comes out looking the way that she wants it to look. So it really depends on personal preference and what is going to work for them. But I think these are worthwhile conversations to be having with our kids, to be discussing these things with them, to really be getting into the idea of study skills and putting in that extra effort to do a good job in school. It is worth it. It pays off if you do these things. It's good for them to learn how to work hard, to invest the time into something, to remember things. Like I feel like I remember a lot more information from high school and college than a lot of other people that I talk to. And I think a lot of that is attributed to the way that I studied. And it did pay off for me. I was able to be valedictorian and get scholarships and all of those kinds of things because I had worked really hard and I had put in that effort and just kind of taken it that next step. And so my daughter and I, the one that is going to sixth grade, Emerson, we've already discussed this a lot for next year. It's her first year of middle school. She's in an accelerated program, so she's really needing to stay on top of things. So we are really digging into fine-tuning her planner, making sure that she is on top of it. She also has the side benefit of, you know, she has a really crazy life as far as our parenting plan goes. And when she has a planner that is hers, that contains her calendar, and she can see where she's going to be any given day and kind of what is going on with her life, I think that helps her to feel that she has a little bit more control over her life. And it helps to minimize her anxiety when she can utilize this tool to help her to know what's going on and not feel like she's getting sidetracked or sideswiped or she doesn't really have a good grasp on what's happening in her life. Having this tool is like a place she can come to where everything is planned and solid and she knows what she can do. But we're even talking through her study skills for this next year. Her plan when she gets home from school is to do her 
her required homework first and then to rewrite her notes because we know that's kind of a bonus thing. And so if that is something that she doesn't end up having time for, that's the thing that we want to put last so that she can let go if, you know, we've got ballet and there's just too much going on in the evening and she doesn't have time for it. But we do really want to make it a priority this year so that she gets into those habits so that when she gets farther into middle school, into high school, into college, she has these study habits already really well solidified in her life. She's seen the proof of how well they work and how they are helping her to do a good job in school, and she wants to keep continuing with them. So I have the links to everything that I talked about today in today's show notes, which you can find by just swiping up in whatever app you listen to the podcast on or by going to MackenzieCoppa.com slash podcast slash 140. That is the number of this episode. And you can find links to all of our favorite pens and our notebooks and all of our back to school supplies and that kind of thing. So if you need any of that information, you can find it right there. And again, I would love to see you in my free webinar. So if you are listening to this before tomorrow, Thursday, July 20th, I'm going to be doing that free webinar at 10 a.m. Pacific. I would love to see you in there. We can dive into all of the back to school things from our perspective that will help them to be even more prepared as they are going back to school. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope you guys found this episode helpful. If you did, please let me know. I will be letting you know when I get the YouTube videos out that will be accompanying this episode to help with study skills and all of that kind of thing. All of that is coming. But please let me know if you have any requests for episodes you would like to see either here on the podcast or over on YouTube. I'm going to really be kicking things up even more in both of those spaces soon. And so I would love your feedback. Anytime you give me feedback, it helps. So I know what direction to be pushing this in and what kind of information is most helpful to you guys. So get a hold of me by either responding to any of the newsletters or finding me on Instagram, threads, any of those places at Mackenzie Coppa. I would love to chat with you. Thanks so much for listening today. And until next week, go be bold and gracious.